Hey, welcome to worship, home edition. Hope you're doing well there in your home. Hope you're safe and healthy. Let's worship together. is my soul 
Mr. Dave from Kid Street at First Baptist. Since we can't be together this Sunday, I thought I would give our kids message uh, on video. So we've been in the middle of uh, star words, and our word of the day is belief. And you know about Star Wars takes place in space, so it got me thinking about oxygen. You know a little bit about oxygen. You know, we need oxygen to survive. You know, we can go days and days without food and, and water, but we can only go maybe a minute or two without oxygen. And uh, the neat thing about oxygen is, uh, you know, animals, people, we're not the only things that need oxygen. Also, fire needs oxygen. So if I didn't have any oxygen in this room, the fire would eventually go out. It's kind of like our belief, but we believe in something that gives us more than just life and breath here on earth. We, uh, we believe in God's word. We believe that Jesus is our Savior, that he lived to give us life, that we uh, have eternal life because of our belief in him. It's kind of hard to believe in oxygen 
because we can't see it. And sometimes it's hard to believe in God because sometimes we can't see him. But we look for the evidence of him and the love of those around us at church, at home. Uh, so let's share that love that we believe in uh, with those around us in Jesus' name. Hello, welcome to this virtual service for First Baptist Church Independence. Uh, I'm Russell Pierce, the Associate Pastor over Student Ministries at the church, uh, filling in for Pastor Kevin, who's on vacation this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, Nate's songs and uh, Pastor Dave's children's message. Well, those children's messages are always a blessing. If you would, please, let's turn to Romans chapter 4 in your Bibles, uh, whether that be a paper Bible, a uh, digital Bible on your phone. Uh, also, if you would like, we do have an app for the church, and you can find a link to that in the description below. Uh, you can install that, whether it be iPhone or Android-based uh, phones, and uh, you'll be able to learn a little bit more about the church and about uh, what we're up to and uh, things of that nature. Also, while you're turning, if we would, I'll go ahead and pray quickly. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for all the many blessings you've put into my life, Lord. I pray that you would strengthen and quicken me, Lord, that I would be a, a conduit and a tool and a vessel for your use. And I thank you for it, Lord. I pray for all the sick, Lord, especially right now with all that is going on. I pray that you would minister to those who are struggling with all the problems that this situation has created. The ill and infirmed, Lord, please be with them, whether it be related to this or not, Lord. And Lord, again, I just love you. I pray you would give us guidance and direction and hope in all of this. Amen. Okay, so like I said, Romans chapter 4, said that a number of times now. Hopefully everybody's there. And uh, we're going to be starting in verse 1, and I'll go ahead and read it here off of my tablet. And it says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, was found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited him to him for righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favor, but as what is due. But to those who do not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessings of the man whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sin has been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Is, the, is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say, faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. Today's message is called The True Strength of Christianity. With all that's going on today, with the coronavirus, with, well, a whole host of things that surround that, the logistics and problems that it's created, it's got a lot of people wondering 
and making comments on what church and Christianity, what our faith really is. And uh, thinking about that, and also from studying Romans, which I've done a lot as of late, um, just out of a pure love for Scripture and a desire to read Romans, uh, I think I have an idea of what the true strength of Christianity, or the church, as you could say, is. According to the book of Romans here, especially. And uh, the first thing, we're going to be looking, first of all, two things that the strength of Christianity is not. And one thing, above all else, that it is. And the first thing, one thing that it is not, is it's not what we do. And if we go back to Romans chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What shall we say then that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham was justified by works, he is something to boast about, but not before God. And uh, that, that's an incredible statement. And it, it made me think, well, what happens when we rely on what's been done? When we do that, we do find ourselves sometimes getting into a rut. I've had, in my own personal life, the Lord has done some amazing things. I'm so blessed to have Him as a Savior. And yet, in all of that, I can get a little just kind of stuck in the motions. This is what I'm doing, because this is what we're supposed to do. And the reality and the depth of it kind of fade. And the intimacy that I had with God with that also fades. It can be a real struggle. Even in things that God genuinely did that were amazing and inspiring and so fruitful for my life, I still find myself sometimes getting caught in those motions. Uh, a lot of that is because we don't like to change. We like things to stay the same. We don't want to be challenged, do we? Well, God, you did this amazing thing in my life. Thank you so much. But now that you've done that, I think I'm, I'm pretty good where I'm at. <laughs> I know I've said that a lot. Maybe you have too. It's an easy trap to fall into, but God desires growth. And not because he's there waiting with a lightning bolt ready to strike us down. But he wants us to grow because he loves us. Because he doesn't want us in a rut. You know, when I think about the times that I have gotten caught in a rut, in hindsight, I've realized how lonely that place can be at times. How empty that place can feel sometimes. But another thing that happens also when we start relying on what we've done or what we're doing instead of our relationship, the, the true strength of Christianity, is it makes us critical. You know, we, we get caught in those motions and then we see other people doing similar things and we think, ah, whatever, we've done it better. I've done that better. Or even, even worse, we find ourselves making comparisons and being critical 
of those directly around us. You know, uh, a similar situation where you, you find yourself being so inspired by a good worship service. And then you come in next Sunday and you think, well, wasn't as good as last week. He was a little off his game. It's easy to get into that mode. And if we stay in that mode, sadly, we become bitter eventually. Well, why doesn't he play the songs that I used to? And I keep picking on the music minister here, but there's a lot of examples if you think about it. Um, you could say that for the preacher or for a certain teacher or Bible study that you go to. Uh, you could even say it about the paint on the walls in the church or the color of the carpet or the fact that somebody wants to change all of that. It could be a number of things. All that said, though, we can't rely on it's not about what we do. The strength of our Christianity also is not something that we're owed. Our, our strength in the Lord doesn't just happen. Sure, the Lord quickens and he changes us. The Bible says we're new creatures in him, and we most certainly are. But when we start treating it like something we're owed, that takes the blessing out of it. Because it becomes work. It becomes a chore. And it's not something we're owed because it's not something we can earn. Not only that, but then the perspective flips where we think that other people owe us as well. It's a lot like a credit score. I don't know if you've ever had bad credit. I have. <laughs> I was at, a, at a times in my life, I've had pretty poor credit, sadly. I didn't make very good decisions at times. Um, and with that said, I had some debt that I'd have to pay off. And it was always ironic to me. You pay off that debt, and then my credit score went down more. Because then my credit wasn't in the right balance. My my credit I had versus the money I they, they thought I had available according to my income wasn't right to them. And so my credit went down because I didn't have enough debt. Which, silly that that's a thing, but it is. And because of that, my credit score has gone down sometimes even. One time in particular, my wife and I, the house we're in, uh, as we were preparing to buy it, we were selling the other home. We had some work we had to do to it. And to pay for that work, we did, you know, some of those 12 months, no interest, pay it off in time kind of things. And uh, we did pay those off in time with the money we made when we sold the home. And uh, sure enough, when I paid those things off, I was getting email notifications because my, my credit score had gone down. <laughs> it's just so silly. But when we live our lives, not just monetarily, but when we live our lives with the scales of life, so to speak, where we're measuring ourselves constantly by whomever's standards, even if we look at the biblical standards of the law, the Old Testament law, or the precepts taught in the, the New Testament, we hold ourselves up to those, we're never going to feel good enough. That's a, a big reason why so many people, I think, are afraid of God, afraid of church, because they feel like they're not going to be enough. 
Let me tell you right now, if you feel that way today, God loves you. And he loves you because you have value to him, especially. So we don't have to feel like we're subject to all these rules and laws around us. We can't base our value off of those because we'll never win if we do. So first, it was, it's not what we do. Second, it's not something we're owed. And third, this is the one thing that the strength of Christianity truly is. And to start off big picture, it's all God. You say, woo, Russell, that's a really big picture. And it is. It's a really big picture. But it's kind of where I had to start with all of this. If we look back at verse 3 there in chapter 4, it says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. You combine that with verse 7 and 8, where it says, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Using the same analogy of the credit score, we have an amazing dynamic created by God through Jesus Christ. So we have the debt of our sin the wrong that we've done. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but I know if I'm honest with myself, I fail every day. Sometimes it's with my kids or my wife. Sometimes it's in, a, in my job. Sometimes it's just with friends, personal relationships that flow through all those situations and, and dynamics. But I know every day, at least one point every day, if not more, I'm sure it's more. I know I'm not enough. And so I have debt. Because there's wrong in my life. There's wrong in my heart. And Jesus Christ, who is God, came to earth and paid the price for my sin. And so just as it says there in verse 7, I am blessed because my lawless deeds have been forgiven and my sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ who paid the price for me. But so after that, though, here's the neatest part, at least for me. Uh, it's all amazing, but this is a neat part for me because it's not something we always talk about. But that's the resurrection. Because the resurrection doesn't, the death, burial and resurrection, I should say, doesn't just pay our debt. But it puts us in right standing. And I'll tell you why. Through the death, yes, that debt's paid. But then when he rose, the existence of where that debt came from is gone. It's almost like if, say, I had a debt of $5,000. Jesus came and he paid that debt. Woo! Praise the Lord! I'm out of debt. But what about my credit? Because my credit's still going to be in the toilet. Well, Jesus then comes to me and says, Here, here's $5,000 for your debt. 
by raising from the dead, he doesn't just pay our debt, he also puts us back in right standing. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing anymore. Jesus fixed it, solved it, absolved it, so to speak. And as scripture says, he forgave us. Our faith in what Christ did is attributed to us as righteousness, just as it was for Abraham. It wasn't because he was a good Jew, because early on there wasn't Judaism. There was just Abraham and Jesus figuring it out. And I like that idea. I like the idea of it being me and Jesus figuring it out. If I can challenge you in any way today, get real with Jesus and try to figure it out together. Thinking about all those things, I'm sure the Lord has put some things on your heart, whatever they may be. And uh, generally speaking, I imagine you're probably falling into one of three camps. Maybe this whole idea of salvation, of the realization that, you know, we have done wrong. Maybe those things are pretty new to you and you feel the Lord tugging at your heart because you feel that desire for relationship with him. Or maybe you got caught in the motions and found yourself upset because God didn't meet the expectations you put on him. Because maybe you thought it was something that you deserved, that you were owed. Or maybe along the same lines, maybe you got caught up in the motions and found yourself overly critical and you kind of lost interest. Jesus wants relationship. I'm going to pray right now. And if any of those things apply to you or whatever may be on your heart, because I know there's a lot going on right now, I want you to pray with me. And yes, this is being recorded, and so you might not be watching this live, but I genuinely am going to pray right now. And a holy and righteous God is listening and ready. And as you pray, it's the same for you. Dear Lord, I pray that you would quicken my heart and my mind. Or I know I fail every day. But I know because of what you did for me, Lord, you've put me in right standing. Because of that, Lord, I want to pursue you with my life. I love you, Jesus. Amen. If you pray that prayer and you have someone you want to talk to about it, do it. If you don't have someone you want to talk to about it, well, you can uh, go to the links below and our Facebook Messenger tab, you can message us there. And if need be, if a phone call is warranted or something that nature, that nature, we can go from there. But we want to help. And... uh 
Thank you for watching and we will see you next week.